Welcome to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers to provide you with tips, tactics, and strategies so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. I'm your host, Kerry Shumway, a CPA, CFO for a brewery, and a former CFO for a beer distributor. I've spent the last 20 years using finance to improve financial results in our beer business. Now I'm helping other craft breweries to do the same. Are you ready to take your brewery financial results to the next level? Okay, let's get started. Okay, today we are going to talk about brewery cash flow and cash flow management. We'll start with some best practices, talk about the key drivers of cash flow, and scorecards you can use to measure uh, each of those drivers. And then I'll share a three-step system that you can use to improve your brewery cash flow right away. So for best practices, I want to run through the core concept is we want to create routines around cash flow. We want to have regular, consistent daily and weekly practices so that we build that cash flow muscle. And ideally, what we'll have as well are responsibility for different team members for different numbers so we can share the workload of actually managing cash. So each responsible person might have a specific number, specific ratio that they're going to be watching, and usually that's tied to one of the cash flow drivers. And then we'll talk a bit about creating a financing plan so that you have cash and or access to capital. Now the key drivers of brewery cash flow, aside from your profitability, are five items. There's lots of items that drive it, but these are the primary drivers. So first is accounts receivable, then inventory, accounts payable, capital expenses, and our loan or debt payments. That sounds like a lot. So I'm going to go through each one of those, give you some background on what each one is, how you can manage it, and measure it. And those measurements, I tend to create simple scorecards for each of those cash drivers. So for accounts receivable, we'd use a measurement called day sales outstanding. For inventory, we could use inventory turnover or days on hand. For accounts payable, we might use our days to pay. And each of these is really trying to measure the efficiency or how well we're managing each of the drivers. For capital expenditures, we might want to do a return on investment calculation. And for our financing plan, we want to make sure we have the ratios covered for our bank loans. So we'll have likely have financial outcomes that we need to achieve. They call them bank covenants. So we'll run through those. And then a three-step cash flow system, very simple, really just trying to reinforce the routine and the consistency. You know, we really want to look and see, you know, how is cash flowing into and out of our business? And specifically, how is it flowing out? Because a lot of times money's leaving in a variety of different ways. So we want to know how it's leaving, where it's leaving, who's responsible for that. So it's really some tips on how to kind of document that and then how to get in there and sort of test that your um, process is working properly. So here's a quote I like to share. It goes like this. There's only 10 laws in business. The first law is don't run out of cash. And the 10th law is don't run out of cash. And every law in between doesn't really mean much. So it's really just emphasizing how important cash, cash flow, cash flow management is to your business. So many businesses go belly up 
because they simply run out of cash. It's like your car, you run out of gas, you're not going anywhere. You run out of cash in your business, you are not going anywhere either. So very important to focus on it. When I am talking with folks about cash flow and reading and understanding the financial statements, the place I generally start is by distinguishing between what your income statement is showing you for profit um, and what your cash flow statement is going to show you for actually your actual flows of cash into and out of the business. So we tend to rely on the income statement. We look at that net income or that profit line at the bottom, and if we've got a profit, we feel like it's good. If it's a loss, we feel like we've got to figure some things out. Uh, but the first thing to understand is that the profit is not the same as cash flow. And the reason for this is our income statement is using this thing called accrual accounting. So accrual accounting basically just says we're going to record sales when we've earned the sale, not necessarily when we've collected the cash for it. And we're going to record expenses when we have incurred the expense and we have an obligation to pay it, not when we've actually paid it. So that's accrual accounting. So what can happen is there can be a real difference between the profit and the actual cash flow. So that's that's a number one, is profit does not equal cash flow, and very often those numbers can be quite different. So we do want to look at the income statement, obviously. We do want profit, but we do want to understand that there's a number of factors that can make profit and cash flow uh, quite different. Uh, here's a quote that I like from Chris Heron. He is from Creature Comforts Brewing. And his quote says, you can outsource your tax work, your bookkeeping, your payroll, but you can't outsource your cash flow management. I think it's a very important point is a lot of these things that we do outsource probably should, you know, tax work, bookkeeping, and so forth. Uh, but cash flow management really needs to be kept in-house. Somebody's got to be watching this daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, really keeping your eye on the box. It's so, so important. So on those best practices, again, the running theme is we just want to have a consistent, regular routine around cash flow. And we want to designate responsibility for these different cash flow drivers, which I'm going to cover here in a second, uh, to monitor these numbers. Um, because, you know, again, we spread the workload out. Cash flow and management is so important. We have a number of people, usually, in our brewery that are making decisions that are going to affect cash flow. So it's probably just makes sense to include them in how cash flow works, give them a number, uh, give them some education and training on how that number works, and have them watch it. So let's dig into what those numbers are. So um, a cash flow management plan can include a number of pieces, but one of which I believe should be monitoring these five key drivers. So accounts receivable, inventory accounts payable, capital expenses, and our loan or debt payment uh, driver. So the first driver of accounts receivable, this is basically just money that's not collected yet. It's sales that we've made, but we haven't yet collected them. And what we're trying to do is determine how efficiently, how quickly we can collect on those sales. Because we want to do everything we can to shorten the cash cycle. And the cash cycle is basically like we're paying uh, for things every day. We're buying ingredients. Uh, we're paying our people to brew beer, et cetera, et cetera. So that money's going out. And then when we sell our products, we have a, usually there's a time lag between when we're paying for things and then we actually get, you know, collection on the sales that we're 
that were selling those things. Uh, so accounts receivable, uncollected sales, and we want to measure how well we're um, uh, managing this particular cash driver. So one ratio we can use is called days sales outstanding. And really what we're trying to do is look at our total accounts receivable balance at a given period of time and compare that to what our average daily sales were, say, over the last month. And then we're going to do a little math, and it's basically going to show us at any given time how many days worth of sales, on average, that we have sitting uncollected in accounts receivable. So that's cash that we um, are eventually going to get, but the name of the game is how do we get it quicker. So that is key metric number one, day sales outstanding. And when we do that um, calculation, we want to compare what our ratio is to uh, what our credit terms are that we're extending to our customers. So if we're selling to retail accounts and we extend credit terms of 30 days, we obviously want our day sales outstanding number to be uh, 30 days or under. The other thing that's important in managing the accounts receivable cash flow driver is to regularly look at your accounts receivable aging report. So again, if you're selling to wholesalers, retailers, uh, you're likely going to have uncollected uh, invoices. So you want to run that accounts receivable aging report and look at the age of the invoices. Fairly straightforward report. So for example, if your credit terms to customers are 30 days and then you've got invoices that are displaying 60 days, 90 days and older, now clearly we've got an issue. So the thing the aging report does is it'll show you exactly which customer, which invoice happens to be overdue, and then you can take action on it, right? You pick up the phone and you call, you send an email, you send a copy of the invoice, uh, maybe you ask help of, if you have a sales team that's out there, uh, someone has a relationship with the account, something of this nature, but the aging summary really gives you, or the aging report uh, gives you all the details that you need to chase down and collect uh, all that money. The next driver is inventory, obviously a huge asset in finished goods inventory, uh, raw materials, work in progress. You know, inventory is really just cash in a different form, sitting in our brewery, sitting in our warehouse. So we want to measure um, and sort of quantify whether we've got the right amount of cash invested in inventory at any given period of time. So we can use a, a ratio called days on hand. So what we're looking at is we want to essentially compare the amount of inventory that we have at any given point to what we would need to satisfy market demand in the form of forecasted sales going forward. So we do a little math, we look at, all right, what do I have for inventory? What am I forecasting for sales over the next you know, 30 days or so? And then I want to calculate whether I have sufficient inventory or not. So a simple example would be if we look at finished goods and we run our inventory report, we've got 10,000 cases of finished goods. You know, just pick a, pick a uh, brand or package. And we forecast sales out for, for that particular item, and let's just say we're going to sell 500 cases a day. So if I have 10,000 cases, I'm forecasting to sell 500 a day going forward, I divide 500 into 10,000, that gives me 20 days. So essentially, if I were to sell 500 cases a day, I'd sell that for 20 days before I ran out of product. Now, it doesn't work that way in the real world, but that's kind of the how the concept works is how do I compare what I have for inventory to what do I need to sell into the future, and how does that compare to where I want to be? So in this example, if we had 20 days' worth of inventory, 
we want to compare that to what's a reasonable, how quickly can I replenish that inventory? So what's a goal for days on hand? And let's just say I can replace that inventory generally about every 10 days. Uh, so in this case, I've got 20 days on hand. I really don't want more than 10. So I can dig in on that and determine, all right, where am I heavy? It looks like I'm heavy on inventory. Let's look at the details of this, brand, package, uh, things of that nature, so we can dig in. So days on hand uh, is a useful way to measure the efficiency of inventory of this cash flow driver and determine if we have the right amount on hand. Accounts payable uh, is the third cash flow driver, and this is essentially money out. It's the opposite of accounts receivable. Accounts receivable is money in, accounts payable is money out. Accounts payable represents unpaid expenses. So we got the invoice, we know we have an obligation to pay it, maybe it's not due just yet. And the key here is we don't want to pay the invoices early. We don't want to pay them too late because we want to keep our suppliers and vendors happy, but we definitely don't want to pay them earlier uh, than we have to. So we can use a measurement here called days payable outstanding. And this calculation gets a little squirrely, so I'll post these on craftbrewerryfinancialtraining.com uh, so you can check out these scorecards. But basically what we want to do is we're trying to determine, on average, how long do we take to pay our invoices. And again, we want to compare this to what our typical credit terms are. So vendors and suppliers are giving us 30 days to pay. We don't want to pay before 30. We want to pay right around 30 days, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less. Um, so one thing we can do math-wise is we can look at our accounts payable balance at a given period of time, and then we can divide into that our average purchases per day, and then come up with an average day's payable outstanding. So really what the math is, is trying to indicate is, on average, how much do we spend each day, incur for expenses, and then what's sitting unpaid right now in accounts payable. So give you a quick example, and again, I'll link to um, the actual spreadsheet, spreadsheet so you can see the numbers, but if our accounts payable balance at any given time is, say, $200,000, and then we do the math and we determine our average spending per day is about $10,000, and divide the $10,000 into the $200, that gives me about 20 days, 20 days payable outstanding. So really what it's saying is that it takes us about 20 days on average uh, to pay our invoice. So we want to compare that to the credit terms. So if our credit terms are around 30 days, but we're paying it around 20 days, we're paying too soon, on average. So just like with accounts receivable, we want to run an accounts payable aging report to show us what's outstanding at any given time. So we'll list out all of our vendors, it'll list out what invoices are due, and it'll age it. So what's due within 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and so forth. And again, if our credit terms are 30 days, we want most of this stuff to be in that 30-day bucket. If we've got items that are in the 60-day bucket, meaning it's the invoice is now 60 days old, well, we have some questions like, why didn't we pay it? Has it been disputed? Has it been skipped? Things of that nature. But this can really uh, be a good look into what's going on uh, with our accounts payable. But name of the game is we don't want to pay earlier uh, than we have to. And the... Um, calculation days payable outstanding can be a good way to, to measure that. The fourth cash flow driver is capital expenses. So these are the big ticket items. We're buying tanks, kegs, canning lines, etc. And the key here and the ratio and one of the measurements we want to look at is 
Um, well, first we want to control the spend. So we want to have purchase orders in place, proper approvals, and so forth. But one measurement we can use is an ROI or, an, or a return on investment. So if we're going to be buying these things, what kind of return on investment might we get? We're going to invest money. Are we going to get a return on it? So one example here, I use this often, is if you're using, say, a mobile canning line and you're incurring a regular monthly expense, you can simply look at what am I spending per month and how many months of spending would I have um, to incur to, to essentially buy a new canning line, install it, and run it myself. So something like this, very simple type of approach. Uh, and again, I have a couple of templates you can use to, uh, to check this out. The other thing you want to do with your capital expenditure planning so you can control this uh, cash flow driver is really just to do a budget. You know, what do we plan on buying? When? How much is it? You know, do we have quotes for it? How do we know that's the full amount? So just a quick spreadsheet aggregating what our uh, fixed asset purchases are, our capital purchases uh, are going to be looking at. Uh, so we have it all in one place. And furthermore, so we can make sure that we've got uh, enough funding to uh, to pay for these items. So capital expenses uh, can can really be a big driver of cash flow, so we really want to get our hands around it. The last, last cash flow driver has to do with our debt, our loan payments. And the measurement we want to use here is really going to be related to what the bank wants to see. Very often if we have loans, we've got some sort of loan covenants, promises we make to the bank. So the bank says you got to pay the money back, uh, but they're also going to have some financial covenants. And a common one is something called the debt service coverage ratio. So debt service, uh, that basically just means the payments on the loan. That's your, your servicing the debt. And the coverage ratio essentially means the bank wants to see that you've got uh, more cash flow coming in uh, compared to the cash that's going out to service that debt. So what they're going to look at is what is your total debt service over a given period of time? Typically it's a rolling 12 months or over a calendar year. And then how does that compare to your coverage? Uh, sometimes it's measured in terms of uh, uh, EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes and depreciation. And then there's going to be some math done on that where the debt service uh, that we're going to pay will be divided into your coverage. That's going to give you a debt service coverage ratio. Uh, so important that the real takeaway here is that you, if you've got loans, you've likely got some sort of covenant. So dig in on that. Email your banker. Have them sit down. Very often they'll even have a, a worksheet they can give you. So what we want to do is just keep an eye on that uh, so that we're staying in compliance. So I'm going to wrap up uh, quickly here with a three-step system that you can think about uh, using to manage your cash flow. And the first step is really to find out how and where money is leaving your business and who's responsible for it. So I just recommend documenting what do you have for bank accounts? Uh, who's responsible? Who has uh, signing authority on those bank accounts? Sometimes people leave and we don't take them off. So we want to make sure that's tightened up. List out the different ways that money leaves your business accounts. Payable, manual checks, payroll, ACH transactions, and so forth. Who's responsible for each of those? What does the approval process look like? So I think just that documentation process can be a real eye-opener. Next is consider inserting yourself into this what we call money out process. Money's leaving your business. You know, sit down with the invoices, review each one individually, sign every check. Now if you're in a small brewery maybe you're doing this anyway. Um, but the other thing that's important is if you're not doing this 
all the time or on a regular basis, test your accounts payable process and procedures. So take payments that have been made in the past and just make sure the proper approvals are on there. You know, are these being signed off on? Do we have all the right documentation? If it's for paying an invoice, do we also have a purchase order and a bill of lading uh, to ensure that we actually got what we said uh, we were going to order at the right price and right quantity? And the third step is to review your past spending and make adjustments. I really recommend running your general ledger transactions on a periodic basis. Look at the expenses you incurred the same time last year, for example, and, and look for any expenses that are upcoming. Are there ways that you can, are there expenses that are repeating that you need to uh, turn off? Are there opportunities um, of that nature? So the general ledger transaction is really going to show you everything uh, that's flowing through your business, so it can be a, a good tool for cash flow management. So those are just uh, some ideas, some thoughts, some cash flow management basics. You know, start with those best practices. Really, it has to become a consistent routine. Uh, identify the drivers of very cash flow, especially the ones that are most uh, impactful for you. And consider, you know, sharing the workload, creating those scorecards and ratios, including other people in the cash flow management process. And then take a look at that three-step system. Very simple, uh, but can be very useful uh, as far as part of your cash flow management plan. So I hope this is useful for you. I hope it's profitable. Check out craftrefinancialtraining.com. I've got a whole course on cash flow management you can dig into, uh, plus a number of free resources. So if you check it out, I hope you find it profitable. Thank you for listening to the Craft Brewery Financial Training Podcast, where we combine beer and numbers so that you can improve financial results in your brewery. For more resources, tools, guides, and online courses, visit craftbreweryfinancialtraining.com. And don't forget to sign up for the world-famous Craft Brewery Financial Training Newsletter. Until next time, get out there and improve financial results in your brewery today.